Our gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank You tonight and praise You, Lord, for the, uh, for the grace that You've provided for us, and for the revelation that You've given to us that, uh, that makes it known. And Father, we pray tonight that You would make known Your Word to us, teach us, and, and give us a good, uh, a good grasp in our mind and, and, and good comprehension in our spirit, Father, that, uh, that these truths might be as real to us as they are to You, and that, that understanding and knowing and believing, we might go out into the world and walk and live our lives to Your glory, Father, and that is our highest privilege. We thank You, Lord, for the opportunity. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Romans in chapter 8. We got oh, a few, four verses or so last time. Let's go ahead and start reading at the beginning. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now we said last time um, that as we come into this chapter, in Romans chapter 8, the, uh, the word therefore in the, uh, in the beginning of the first verse, there is therefore now, uh, is an important uh, reference and an important word for us to take note of because it, it takes us back to, uh, to the last things that Paul was saying in chapter 7, and it gives us an idea of the, uh, of the flow of thought as you come into chapter 8. He's talking about um, serving the law of God with his mind. Back in chapter 7, let's get those last couple of verses. Verse, uh, pick it up, verse 22, Romans 7, 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, war, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So Paul has laid the groundwork for us there at the end of chapter 7 to, uh, to go into this issue of flesh and spirit that he deals with in chapter 8. And he says, there is therefore, why? Because I serve the law of God with my mind. Because in my inner man, I am true to, to the will of God. Paul says, I, 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 I consent to the law that it is good. I have trouble when I'm dealing with the law in how to perform and how to behave and how to fulfill the uh, law of my mind, the things that I know are right. But at least I know. 
So coming out of that, because I serve the law of God with my mind, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So in Paul's spirit, uh, he acknowledges the law of God and consents to it. In his flesh, he's got something else going on. He he says, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. So he says, as we come into chapter 8, Therefore, because I have that duality going on within myself, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So now we have a choice. We can either walk in condemnation, or we can walk uh, in life. The reason being, verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So I have a, a, a choice to make. I have an option. Unlike before I was saved, when I was free from righteousness and I had no choice but to walk in the flesh, because that's all I had. For what the law, that is the law of Moses, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And that's why you and I can walk today without condemnation. Now, Paul's not talking about um, our salvation here. He's, he dealt with that already in the earlier chapters. He's talking about our walk. And we can walk in life, in what he calls newness of life, or we can walk in death. We can walk in the will of God, or we can walk in condemnation. And the reason that we have that option is because God sent His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and in that flesh He condemned sin in the flesh. Paul's been talking about that for the last two chapters. Our old man is dead. The Lord Jesus Christ went to that cross and He died for our sins. And when He did that, my sinful flesh died with Him. And if you're a believer here tonight, you were nailed to that cross with the Lord Jesus Christ when He was. And you died up there with Him. And when He rose again, you rose again with Him. That's uh, what Paul's been bringing us through here in chapter 6 and 7 and coming into chapter 8. So, because Christ condemned sin in the flesh, we don't have to follow that anymore. It's condemned. It's dead. Now, We have the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that's made us free from the law of sin and death. That, why, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And we talked about that last week. And all of this is review. We've, We've considered these verses. Again, he's talking about practical uh living righteousness. He's not talking about your, your, uh, your position before God, what you got when you got saved. God gave you perfect righteousness when He saved you. That doesn't change. What He's talking about is now, how are you going to walk? 
Are you going to walk after the flesh? Are you going to walk after the Spirit? We have the choice now. We can walk in righteousness. The, the righteousness of the law, as opposed to the letter of the law, can be fulfilled in us today because of the law of the Spirit. Verse 5 now. So that's all review. And we talked about all of that last week. Now, what Paul's going to go on to tell us about here is life and death for the Christian. He's not talking about whether we're saved or not. He's already told us back in chapter 5, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a settled issue. Now there's an issue of life and death for believers. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Let's stop there for a moment. So Paul says that they that are after the flesh, he comes off of fulfilling the righteousness of the law in verse 4 in us. And he says that the reason that the righteousness of the law can be fulfilled in us is that they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, what Paul is talking about here, he's been talking about our walk. Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He said it twice already in the passage. But now he's bringing us back before our behavior. And what needs to happen before I can walk after the Spirit, before I can actually do the things that I know are pleasing to God. And he brings that back to our mind, that is, to our inner man, to the, to the Spirit. And he's, and he's telling you here, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. And they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You see somebody walking in the flesh, a Christian, and you say, well, how come he's doing that? And you see somebody walking in the Spirit and you say, well, how come he's doing that? And how come he can do it and I can't? And how come he's doing that and I don't? Well, the reason that one walks one way and the other walks the other way is because of what's going on inside, in their mind, in the inner man. It doesn't start in the flesh. It's got to come from within. And that's Paul's point here um, in serving in newness of life and not in the oldness of the letter. Not just having a list. I've got a list of Ten Commandments here, and I'm, so I'm, I'm just going to keep my eye on those, and I'm going to, as long as I'm walking according to that, I've never killed anybody, I've never stolen anything, uh, never committed adultery, as long as i got my checklist of all the things that I don't do, then I'm okay. And Paul says, no, you're not okay, because it's not about what you do, it's about what's going on in your inner man that produces what you do. And they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So where does that come from? Where does it, you know, I've heard too many believers say to me, you know, brother, I just can't seem to do it. I just can't seem to walk this Christian walk. I can't seem to live this Christian life. I try. I, I, I know I'm stuck in that Romans 7 of how to, to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. 
And the answer to that problem is what's going on inside your head, what's going on inside your mind, what's going on in your spirit. Because you're trying to follow, you're trying to walk in some predetermined steps that you have decided or that somebody has told you that you ought to, you ought to march this way. And you're trying to imitate something rather than let the life that's in you produce what you're looking for. The Christian life is not an imitation. It's real. And it comes from inside. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now what are the things of the flesh? Well, come over to to Galatians. And uh, chapter five, we have a uh, we have a list. It's a partial list, but uh, it's a pretty good start. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now, the, the, these words that Paul's using here, words like after. Earlier on in Galatians, Paul says, "The gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither heard it." Of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The idea there is, uh, is what are you following? How are you walking? See, that's how you know what, what Paul's talking about by the, by, the, by the verbiage, by the language that he uses. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verse, uh, very similar context. Verse, let's say, we want to get a good running start here. Call it verse 14. Galatians 5.14 For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's back to Romans 8 verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's what we looked at in Romans 7, where you have this conflict within you. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And uh, the, the, you, it, with your mind you serve the law of God. You know what's right. You know what God wants. But you find your, uh, your behavior, your flesh, trying to pull you in another way. And that's what Paul's talking about here that struggle within each uh, and every Christian of the Spirit of God within us, but this old sinful flesh that still wants to have its way. So the Spirit and the flesh strive against each other, so and keeping you from doing the things that you would do. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. So there you go. You're going to try and follow a list of do's and don'ts, I said to you before, the problem with a list is that a list leaves loopholes. And that's what you see when you see religious folks. As long as I'm crossing all my T's and dotting all my I's and stepping in the steps, then I'm okay. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Lord told those folks, you, you do all of this, you tithe, uh, um, 
your 10% and you give cumin and, and, and so forth and you offer long prayers and, and all of these things that you're doing, but in your heart, you're, 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 you're like an open sepulcher full of dead men's bones. And you devour widows' houses and for a pretense you make long prayer. Just as long as I'm saying my prayers and as long as I'm doing all my religious deeds, then my heart can be just as dark as I want it to be. And the Lord came to tell us that that's just not how God would have it. And that's not how He will have it. So if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It is a totally different principle of operating. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So Paul says, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. What are they? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So now, you know, we're not teaching uh, Galatians 5, uh, 19 through 21 here. If we did, we could take a month or two and talk about each one of these things. But look down through this list. Because it's real easy to, to, uh, to pass that by and say, man, that's some awful stuff right there. I'm glad I'm not doing that. So maybe you're not a murderer, <laughs> adulterer, fornicator, an idolater. What about hatred? You ever hate anybody? Wrath, strife. That's a good one. Never been guilty of strife in my life. Well, now, now I'm guilty of lying, ain't I? Seditions. Evil speaking about dignities. Heresies. Envyings. Ever envy? Ever covet? And then you got your murders and uh, drunkenness and revelings and such like. So that's a pretty comprehensive list. It covers... Uh, I, Pretty much all of us. Paul, so those are the things of the flesh. And Paul says, if you're, if you're walking after the flesh, if you've got issues with these things... Now remember, the Lord said, you don't have to commit the act. It's not about what's on the outside. It's, what about, it's about what's on the inside. Do you have, do you have issues with temptation? Maybe you haven't committed adultery with your body, but what about with your mind? Maybe you haven't, you've never killed anybody outwardly, but what about in your heart? Do you have these kinds of issues? You say, I don't know what to do about that. Paul's telling you what to do about it. They that, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. We give ourselves permission to have these, these uh, uncontrollable temptations. Now listen, we all have temptation. But not a one of us here tonight has to give in to it. Because of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So, I don't... Um, 
the idea that you know you're just you're always going to sin and the sin nature is always going to be with you yeah that's true but don't you use that as a cop out don't and and don't you let me and don't you let one another because that is no excuse that is no excuse for me to allow myself to walk after the flesh because I have a choice back to Romans chapter 8 if I sin it's because I choose to Romans chapter 8 verse 5 again for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit so the same is true on the other side. How do you walk after the Spirit? Paul goes on to say in our list there in Galatians chapter 5, some things of fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So how do you do with those things? How's your faith? How do you do with love? I'll confess to you here tonight that that that's a that, I mean that's huge right there. Paul says there's three things that remain: faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. If you have an issue with love, you got a big issue. And I'll tell you right now tonight, I struggle with that. I'm constantly um, leaning on the Lord to Lord give me. You know, give me that 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 outward uh, um, desire for for people and for their well-being, and I could walk through this life if I allow myself and and care uh, more about myself to a to an awful degree than I do about anyone else if I let myself. They that are after the Spirit do mind the things of the Spirit. You've got to keep your mind on the Lord and on the things that He's done for us, on His love for us. At what He did for us at Calvary when He died for our sins and sacrificed Himself. And watch that willingness to sacrifice yourself begin to come out in you. Watch that love begin to be manifest in your life. What about joy? How do you do with joy? Are you a joyful person? Do you tend to be not joyful? Peace? Are you restless? Or are you calm in your heart? Just generally as a person. Long-suffering are you patient? Or do you want to jump down somebody's throat at the first opportunity? Tell you the truth, I have issues with that. I spend a lot of time in the car. Um, all of those things, those things of the Spirit. 
those things that we need to be thinking about, that we need to be concentrating on, that we need to we need to have our mind on the Lord Jesus Christ and let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus and begin to let that life that that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus just flow out of us. Not because we're trying to force ourselves, but because we couldn't contain it if we wanted to. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about the difference between imitating and living. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, and they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now the death that Paul's talking about here is the uh, it, it, still in relation to your walk and your service. He's not talking about dying physically. He's not talking about dying and going to hell. He's talking about the death of your Christian uh, walk. The death of your fruitfulness. The death of your, uh, of, of your experience with God. Come back over to uh, to Galatians, Galatians chapter six this time. See these the the issues of life and death as far as uh, as far as salvation and those things. Paul's dealt with that, but there is a death for you and me. I've said to you already in 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 this book of Romans more than once. If the old man is dead. And he is. My old sin nature is dead. Then if I choose to walk after the flesh and follow that old sin nature, what am I doing but walking in death? Jesus Christ came, we just read, and condemned sin in the flesh. So I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk in that condemnation? When we choose to obey or to disobey God, we're choosing between life and death. Galatians chapter 6, verse uh, verse 7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You remember back at the end of chapter 6 when Paul said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's talking about our walk. Grabbing hold, Paul says, lay hold on eternal life. Here Paul says eternal life is the result of sowing to the Spirit. Now you and I know that eternal life, that is salvation, doesn't come from, from our works. It comes from faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and by faith alone. But here, life everlasting is, is what comes from sowing to the Spirit as opposed to sowing to the flesh. He's talking about our walk. He's talking about the same kind of life that he's talking about in Romans chapter 8. And the same uh, kind of death when he says, He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's death. 
back over in, uh, in, in Romans chapter 8. So we have a choice to make, and that choice is a critical one. It's not a matter of I'm going to be good today or I'm not going to be good today. Some days I'm going to behave myself, some days I'm not. Some days I'm going to live like a Christian, some days I'm not. We're choosing between life and death, moment by moment. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Back up to verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now notice again that he's not concentrating so much on behavior as he is on what's going on inside of you. Because it's the one that, that moves the other. And, and you can't have the right behavior until you've got the right mind. So that's where Paul is bringing us to here, concentrating us on the inner man. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, as opposed to death and corruption. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So, to think that I can walk in, in the flesh and still be uh, in tune with, what, uh, with the will of God, Paul says you can't do it. You couldn't do it before you got saved, when you were a carnal uh, person with a carnal mind, and you can't do it now. Because that carnal mind still uh, is present with you. He, he, he made that point back in chapter 7. When I would do good, evil is present with me. And because of that, that, that old carnal mind, do you think it's gotten better since you got saved? It hadn't. That's why Christ had to kill it. Now let it be dead. Don't be trying to drag it up out of the grave. Walking in the flesh. Walking in death. That Paul says, the carnal mind, Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. The carnal mind is, is death, uh, and the carnal mind is enmity against God, and the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Look over a couple of pages. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Maybe, maybe a few pages. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Sometimes we forget who we're dealing with when we talk about God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the things with which you and I are involved. This is not just another set of rules that we live by. This is, just, this is not just a moral code that's different from the world. We're talking about two just completely different universes of, of, of thought and of understanding that are just separated from each other, just completely alien to each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. See, two different spirits. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 
But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. See, now that's what he just said in Romans chapter 8. The carnal mind is enmity with God. That is, it's, the, it's, it, it, it's at complete odds with God. And it's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. He, here he says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for two reasons. Number one, he thinks they're stupid. Well, that's just stupid. Listen, you... You know, never mind some some huge thing. Never mind, you know, uh, living uh, out doing the Apostle Paul. Just do a small thing and watch and watch how how people look at you. I mean, you walk out of a you walk out of a, a out of a tire shop and you just bought four tires and you walk out and you look at the bill and you realize that they just charge you for two. And you don't give yourself a second to think about it. You pivot around on your heel. You go back in there. You lay that bill down. And you go, hey, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but somebody messed up here. And I still owe you guys 150 bucks. See what kind of looks you get. Well, that's the stupidest thing in the world. Who would ever do something stupid like that? The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. But it's not just that. He can't know them because they're spiritually discerned. Walking after the Spirit, it's not just retraining ourselves. This is a life that comes from within or it don't come. Back in Romans 8. By the way, if that ever happens to you, <laughs> you ever you ever have something like that happen to you, and you and you see that and you see that somehow uh, somebody made a mistake and it was to your benefit, and you jump up and down for joy, not because you made out, but because you have an opportunity to go back in and to show them what an honest person looks like, or at least what an honest act looks like. And to be a testimony, an opportunity to be a testimony for God, and an opportunity to be a testimony to angels and to men. Do you know what kind of opportunities we have each and every day as we live this Christian life? As we walk in life when the world around us is walking in death? Do you know how that shines? Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now we're talking about he's unsaved people. He says the reason the carnal mind is enmity against God. It doesn't matter, saved, unsaved, whatever it is. We all have a, a carnal mind if we choose to, to to walk that way. But he says the the carnal mind's enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh 
cannot please God. Look back in chapter 7. Take a look at those who are in the flesh, just so you know what he's talking about. Chapter 7, verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh... The motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So clearly there Paul is drawing a line in your life, and that line is the day you came to Calvary and you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as the full and complete and sufficient payment for your sin, that when He died up on that cross, He was dying for you. And you came to Calvary and you said, Lord, I understand and I know and I acknowledge that there's nothing I can do. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. And I could try and I could try and I could try and I could never please God, no matter how good I was or tried to be. But the Lord Jesus Christ came and He took care of that problem for us because He was righteous and He was sinless and He was faultless before God. And He lived that perfect life and He died my death and yours. And and when He did that, He paid for every sin that you ever committed or that you ever will commit. He died for your sins. So that now, I have a clean, spotless, sinless record before God. Because I'm clean, spotless, and sinless? No. Because He was. And He took my sin away. The day that you realize that, And you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and you said, Lord, I want that. You were were not in the flesh anymore. You stepped out of the flesh and into the Spirit. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we're talking about the difference between saved folk and unsaved. Clear and simple. You either have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, or you don't. If you do, you're saved. If you don't, you're not. It's just that simple. And he says, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. No way, no how. But you are not in the flesh. We believers tonight, we who have come to the Lord Jesus Christ and recognized His provision and trusted Him for our salvation rather than trusting my own works. We're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. How? Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Can't go around saying, you know what? Um, 
I believe in God and I believe that I'm a child of God, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and follow Muhammad. I'm going to go ahead and follow Confucius. I'm going to go ahead and follow, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama. I'm going to, I'm going to make any one of a, of a thousand people be my, uh, be my savior. It doesn't work that way. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not God's. Now the good news is that everyone is welcome to have the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only is everyone welcome, but the Bible beseeches everyone to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because He is His one and only Son. And you want to see here too how that Paul here, as he does in so many places, makes clear that the, who the Lord Jesus Christ is. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Well, now, who is the Spirit of God but the Spirit of Christ? And who is the Spirit of Christ but the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is Christ. And if Christ be in you... The body is dead. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ is Christ. If the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit of Christ is in you. If the Spirit of Christ is in you, Christ is in you. You say, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ came to, to, to live inside of me. Well, how did He do that? Well, He did that by His Spirit. That's why Paul is telling us that's where it comes from. That's what it's about. It's about the inner man. It's, it's, it's coming from the inside out. It's life. And if Christ be in you, verse 10, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So there we are again. We have a choice. We've said already in chapter 6 and chapter 7 coming into chapter 8, that you've got you've got the old man on the one hand, the body, the flesh. You've got the new man on the other hand, the spirit. And then there's you, your soul in the middle. And you can choose, and you do choose, each and every moment of each and every day, who am I going to walk after? Who am I going to follow? The flesh is always with me. The spirit is always with me. And here I am in the middle. Am I going to walk after the flesh? Or am I going to walk after the Spirit? I have that choice to make. And I have the ability to make that choice unlike I did before I was saved. Where I had nothing but flesh. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, that is, kill, the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now we'll 
come back because we're out of time and we'll come back over those verses but I want to show you something come and we'll close it up here in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 Paul says if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body now what's he talking about there is he talking about the resurrection at the last day or is he talking about now, today as we live and walk? Well, look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because this is interesting to me. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's no question. He's talking about our physical bodies, and after we physically die, and the Lord physically returning and physically raising our physical bodies in a physical resurrection. That's what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15. But I want you to see how he describes this physical uh, difference between life and death here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown, it being the body, a dead body in particular, it is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Now, didn't we just read that he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption? Well, Paul's talking about physical death here in this passage. But notice the similarities. It's sown, our, our bodies, when we die, they, they're sown in the ground and they corrupt, they decay. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. Now take every one of those things and apply them to what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 8 and you don't miss a beat. We're talking about walking in corruption or walking in incorruption. Walking in dishonor or walking in glory. Walking in weakness or walking in power. You see all of these terms that he's talking about physical death here and, and resurrection. But all of these things apply to us each and every day as we choose. That's why Paul says the choice you're making is a choice between life and death. Between corruption or incorruption. Obviously, the choice for us to make is to choose life. We'll pick up there next week in Romans chapter 8. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we do praise and thank You, Father, that You have given us the power to overcome death. Who, Lord, ever has walked this earth who had power over death the greatest among us were subject to it and it came upon them and there was nothing they could do. But Lord, You came and You overpowered death and You did it on our behalf. And now we have the power to walk each and every day in newness of life. 
And Father, we thank You for that and we praise You for that. And I pray, Father, that each and every one of us here tonight would have in our heart and would keep in our heart the truth that enables and empowers us to walk in honor, in glory, in incorruption, in power, and in life. And Lord, for the day that we'll see it in our physical bodies, we will rejoice all the more that you led us the way you did each and every day through our lives. In the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, amen.